battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the show. Uh, this episode is going to be kind of a conference prep episode, but not really as, uh, as structured and formatted as the one I did last year. So if you're looking for conference information, stuff about registration and the mentor program and all that stuff, you can go back and you can listen to the episode that I posted last year, uh, episode number 63, and also episode number 67 has a lot of really helpful info for, for conference. But this year, I'm just going to do more of a casual talk with Baron. Uh, and if you've heard that name before, but you're not really sure who Baron is, Baron is on the membership committee for the APP. Uh, full name William Baron, just prefers to use Baron kind of in like a share or Madonna kind of sense. And we talk about just, you know, what, what, what it's like for us getting ready for conference. We're both instructing classes. We both have a lot of different meetings. Uh, and we just kind of talk about how we manage the week. We also talk about some of the classes we're looking forward to taking. I think we can both agree that the high nostrils class is going to be kind of high up on our priority list. High nostrils, it's just one of those really challenging piercings. And, and uh, I think as those grow in popularity, uh, a lot of other piercers are going to need that education and, and that familiarity with that piercing so that they can do a good job on it. It is a challenging one if you've never ha- had the opportunity to do high nostrils before. Uh, a, a recurring theme that you're going to hear mentioned over and over and over on the show is just something simple. Drink water. Uh, Las Vegas is in a desert, so you get really dehydrated really fast, especially if you uh, plan on having some alcohol, partying a little bit, staying up late, uh, walking around a ton for conference, all that stuff. Just drink water. I know it sounds silly, and I might sound like I'm, I'm trying to be your mom right now, but uh, it really makes a significant impact. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this intro. Uh, just a couple of quick plugs. I've got Monday, July 8th in Dallas, Texas for the Understanding and Applying Freehand Piercing Techniques Seminar. And I've got Monday, July 15th in Amsterdam. That's going to be the three different classes. I'm going to do anatomy, septums, and nipples all on the same day. Uh, That is also open for registration. If you're interested in either, you can email me at ryanpba at gmail.com or you can go to precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars or you can follow and like and whatever the Body Art Education by Ryan Willett Facebook page. So enough of me. I am sick of the sound of my voice. Uh, Hopefully you can get to this interview with me and Baron. And I'll be back next week with another interview. I've got some really cool ones uh, that that I've done recently. I did one with uh, Shwayze from California yesterday. And I'm going to try to get one with uh, TJ Kruger within the next couple of days, maybe within the next week. I'm about to head to the UK tomorrow for a wrestling tournament Uh, and uh, this episode will be going up on Monday when I'm coming back from the UK and then I get to focus on prepping for Russia and prepping for conference Uh, when this episode comes out I think we're down to about three weeks until conference and I am sweating bullets hoping that I am ready for it so let's chat with Baron and see what he thinks about conference my name is Baron I'm from Boundless Tattoo Company in Plainfield Illinois you can find me at Bear Body Piercings on Instagram uh, as well as Facebook, and then on Snapchat at Bare Body Piercer. I want to talk to you about conference a little bit because it's coming up, and I don't, I don't necessarily want to do 
like a super stuffy, uh, you know, all about conference kind of thing. I did that last year, and, and if people ever wanted to go back and, and re-listen to it, uh, you can just you can scroll right back to about a year ago. You can go back to episode 63 with Kendra Jane, and we do a conference guide for 2018 conference. And then I also do another one, episode 67. I, I sat down with Caitlin McDiarmid uh, at the first day of conference last year, and we caught we you know we talk about a, a bunch of different subjects. But I wanted to just kind of talk about what it's like as a body piercer just getting ready to go to conference you know because it's it for me i don't know how you feel but it's definitely one of the highlights of my year you know there's the the work stuff but just the social side of it you know being able to see people that i only see once a year it's it's really a highlight for me so what, what's it like for you getting ready for conference well i evaluate conference almost like uh like the super bowl uh, <laughs> we have we have our season yep. going on and then it leads up to the super bowl and then basically the whole we take whatever to decompress once we leave and then just start the season back over. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I l- just find out once I, I kind of keep an eye on the APP conference attendees group, uh, see what's going on there. Make sure uh, I have all my ducks in a row, kind of look at all the classes, evaluate that. And as well as time. And if, you know, definitely instructing has thrown, you know, things in like, am I going to have time? What classes am I going to be able to take as well uh, while instructing? Right. Uh, yeah. too. So that's fun. Is this so, is this like kind of your first year of like really jumping in and, and instructing a full class? Uh, I instructed a class last year. Oh right, you um, did the um, sign language signing, in the studio. Yeah, signing in the studio. Um, this will be my first year though, um, instructing two classes, an A and an A and a B class in the week. So um, and then trying to work around that as well as other like you know being on a couple of the committees and working around that stuff as well. Right. Um, but well, it's it's definitely fun. <laughs> well, get in, get into some of the the responsibilities too, because I think that there are some some people out there. You know, they they maybe go to other events or something like a Comic Con, and those mm-hmm. ones are for profit organizations where they they pay people, they hire people to staff and and run their conference. But the APP being a non profit, it's it's all volunteers. You know, they we or they're actual employees with the APP. You know, the administrator and. Uh, the treasurer and and you know marina doing uh, a lot of the the behind the scenes work but most of the most everything else you know all the volunteers at registration and all the instructors and all the people handling uh the the expo management and all that stuff so when you're going into it like you're you're teaching two classes you're mm-hmm. also uh, a mentor for this year and yep. you're also on a committee which i'm sure will have some meetings during the the course of the week so what's it like managing your time and trying to get in you know classes that you're taking and expo and some of that social time too what's it like managing all that it's it's definitely a balancing act i kind of take it as my 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 duties that i already have that i know i have to go to right so i find out what schedule what my schedule will be like as far as like when my classes are, then I evaluate when like the members meetings are or the committee meetings. And then as well as the round table that I'll have to, I'll be sending in for membership. And then I build my schedule from around there. And then I kind of balance out. I try not to do too much because if I try to pack everything in, I'm constantly running, running. I definitely am going to hit, you know, what I like to call the Wednesday wall. Like Wednesday comes around, I'm just like burnt, you know? So I usually try to go in a day early uh, to conference. So I usually come in on Saturday mm-hmm. and then, uh, kind of get settled and kind of do what I want to do, see who I want to see, or, you know, hang out and everything. And then kind of like gradually get into it. Um, instead of like flying in on Sunday, trying to get to registration, trying to get settled and then catching up from there. Um, yeah, that it, was my routine. 
for quite a while. You know, I'd, I'd fly in Sunday because I, I had to work on Saturday. You know, that that wasn't a day that I could that I could miss. You know, and uh, but now being on the board, same thing. You know, I have I really I have to fly in Saturday because Sunday is just it's meetings all day for me being in in board meetings. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the other people that are volunteering. You know, they have they have training meetings all day Sunday. It's like this, you know, eight or ten or maybe twelve hour marathon of it's getting drilled into your head all the different policies and procedures you have to do for the week. And then there are the people that try to do their uh, early registration on Sunday. So when you have when you have those many hats uh, within the the volunteer organization of the APP, it can get really difficult to to manage that. You know, my myself, like I get handed a schedule. You know, it gets put together by by Caitlin and it's all the classes that I'm signed up to take and all the classes that I'm signed up to teach and any sort of meetings that I have to be in and different board responsibilities and stuff like that. And, uh, for me, it's, it's almost easier that way because I don't really have to plan out my week. I just, I take the schedule and that's what I do. Uh, but for, for newer piercers and, you know, people who have never been to conference before people that are just there to take classes and drink it all in and go to expo and, and meet, make some friends, uh, do you have any advice for those people, like how they can get the most out of the week without overdoing it? Because just like you said, like you can't, you can't do everything because you would just right. burst into flames. You know what? My, uh, my first conference was 2014. So, and my, my actual mentor is Rob Hill. And he explained to me is like, don't take so much. You're not going to retain all that information. Mm-hmm. He's like, you want to just take it easy. You want to take it slow. And then the, the, you want to take some classes. So I take about two to three classes a day. If that there's one day that might be a little bit more and it depends on what classes they are as well. Mm-hmm. And I definitely am able, once I started doing that, I was able to absorb the information and retain it a lot easier. Uh, you just got to, you know, take it one step at a time. Um, you know, go with the flow. If don't like, Oh, this doesn't happen. Like, or, you know, don't, don't be overcritical about scheduling, you know, cause the more the more you pack in, the less fun is. It's more stress on you, right? And uh, you don't have as much fun. You're you're literally and I and I get the people that maybe fly in or for a couple of days. They're like, all right, I got three days. I got to put as much information. Yeah, but you can't really retain that much information either. Mm-hmm. You can take all the notes in the world, but even then, it's like, are you re- what are you are you really like getting the full experience of 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 being there you know it's it's definitely you know we got the educational courses and you, like you said drink it all up but you know it's just the the value of the information you're keeping is what you're you know what i lo- really look for with everything right right one, one of the best strategies i've ever heard is if you're lucky enough to be going to conference with maybe a, a buddy or a co-worker from your same shop you know try to split up the week you know you don't you don't have to be in every single class to get to get that good information, you know. So if you're if you're there with a buddy, if you're there with a coworker, you can take notes, they can take notes, and then you can kind of exchange once you get back to your shop or, you know, maybe at the end of the day over dinner or during lunch, you know, and there are digital handouts and all those different things. And just like you said, if you try to be the the powerhouse and you try to do you know, four or five classes every day for five days, you can sit there and you can hear the words, but you're re- like you said, you're not going to really be able to fully absorb them. So um, kind of prioritize, you know, maybe make like a, a top 10 list of the classes you want to take over the whole week and then prioritize those and maybe just pick, like you said, 
one or two, maybe three classes in a day. But more than that, mm -hmm. and you're, you're really kind of doing yourself a disservice. Uh, yeah. Number one, you don't get to uh, absorb everything. But number two, you're going to probably miss out on a lot of the other things that make up conference, you know, um, doing... Uh, the the historical information that's set up, you know, like there's going to be that big uh, demonstration about Fakir this year. There's going to be Expo, which is like a, a monster in itself. You know, you really have to be able to, to dedicate a little bit of time to that stuff to really be able to get the full conference experience. Absolutely. Um, I always like um, try to at least schedule an hour out of your day to just get out of the hotel or go do something away from everybody too. you know, mm -hmm. just kind of regroup. Um, whether you take a nap or, you know, just go outside and walk. I mean, we're in May, so um, May is not too, too hot, depending on where you're coming from, of course. Just do that. Uh, but also, like you said, uh, hang out with other people, meet new people. Um, you're, if you're in the mentor program, hit up your mentors. See if, you know, they, you know, they want to talk or you need to talk to them. Just find something else to do just to kind of decompress uh, every day. The more you take care of yourself, the the more... Uh, the easier it is to retain information or even just cope with being in Vegas. It's a it's a big city. Uh, it's a fast, you know, pace city. Um, again, it's just overwhelming for some people or some people don't realize like what really goes, you know, how much it really takes out of you. I've never been to a city where like I've been there, you know, four or five days and I'm just like ready to go home, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then I haven't really done anything. I've just, you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, you really do have to manage, you know, you have to manage your time, but you also have to manage your your health while you're there, you know. Mm -hmm. um, if you're if you're taking classes all day and then you're trying to cram in all your social stuff at night, you know, if you're going to be one of those people who's going to hang around the bar area, um, stay up way too late, probably have a few too many drinks, you know, you're, you're probably not going to be able to function the next day. I mean, if you're one of those, like, uh, you know, fully charged battery party people then go for it you know get the most out of vegas yeah. that you can but for me you know if i'm if i'm staying up past midnight uh i'm probably not going to have an awesome and functional day the the next day you know so you do want to make sure that you you drink a lot of water you try to schedule some breaks for yourself you know like you said take an hour um, to, to do this and to do that. But also, you know, every now and then take a half an hour and go back to your hotel room, maybe take a nap for 10 or 15 minutes, you know, chug a bottle of water, just sit down and just relax a little bit, you know, and look through your notes, look through the stuff you picked up at the expo and, and really start to drink it in and really appreciate the experience because for every piercer that makes it to conference, there's probably another 50 at home that are kicking themselves because they, they couldn't get to conference or, you know, exactly. they just, they didn't have time or they didn't have the money. So, um, you know, really think about it. You, you want to make the most out of that week and you can make it a nonstop party and you can make it a nonstop cram session, but I, I don't really think you're going to get the full conference experience unless you have kind of like a, you know, the sampler plate of conference, yeah. you know, it's a little bit inside the hotel, a little bit outside the hotel, a little bit of the yeah. experience. Uh, ground yourself during the whole experience, but also don't live your your conference experience by FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. If you do that, you will crash and burn. Totally. I I've, I've two years ago, that's what I did. They were like, hey, I I had been running around all day. Everyone's like, okay, we're gonna go here, we're gonna go here, and I was like, cool, I'm gonna go charge my phone real quick. I'll be right back. And then I literally woke up the next day. I went up to my room and I did not wake up till the next day. And so we're talking like nine, ten o'clock at night. And yeah, no one had heard from me. I like disappeared on the face of the earth for 12 hours. Yeah. Because I just, yeah, I just, 
I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go. I'm going to go do this. And yeah, I didn't wake up till like nine in the morning, eight thirty in the morning the next day. Well, there, it was crazy. And that's where I was like, okay, learn my lesson. Don't do that anymore. You know, sure. take it easy. Yeah, there there are plenty of people just like you said, like the Wednesday wall, or sometimes it's like the. A lot of times it's like the Tuesday wrecking ball, you know, because yeah, Monday night you've got that opening party, you know, mm-hmm. and tacos and swimwear and alcohol and music. People are staying up way too late. People aren't drinking any water. They're just yep. drinking alcohol. Um, and like they're having a great fun time, but then Tuesday morning when those 10 o'clock classes roll around, there are a lot of people that are hung over in bed, you know? So uh, if you've saved, you know, if you're the kind of person where you've, you've had that piggy bank, you know, you've been saving your tips for six months to get to conference and, and, oh my God, it's the first time. And, oh my God, I want to, I want to party and I want to hang out with all these people and I want to cut loose and whatever. And then the next day, you're like, I can't get out of bed. I can't function. I can't take these classes that I, I put so much thought and care into into choosing. You know, so uh, try to think about the whole week and, and what you want to get out of it. Try not to focus on just the moment that you're in or or just that day. You know, think about tomorrow. Give yourself a little bit of wiggle room and, and a little bit of flexibility in your schedule. Sometimes what I like to do is maybe, you know, sign up for all the classes that I'd want to take. And then on the day of, maybe choose the classes that I'm actually going to take. I can maybe go over to registration and I can say, all right, you know, I'm actually not going to make it to this class and this class if you want to cut the seat loose for somebody that's on the wait list. But, um, you know, sometimes I get there and I I recheck my priorities. You know, I'll say, all right, I'm having a really killer day today. You know, I I took three classes. I taught a class. I did a meeting. I'm going to try to get in. Uh, some some time with my friends or some dinner or hey maybe there's there's some sort of party tonight or whatever um, I got to think about the next day and think about am I going to be able to get up and teach that class the next day or take that class the next day or meet my friends for expo or whatever and you really have to pace yourself in Las Vegas. I I mean I start gearing up now like <clears throat> I like to do at least a month before conference I start drinking I start uh, upping my water intake mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I start taking, you know, any kind of like multivitamin, B12 supplement, things like that. So when I get to this, because I'm I'm from the Midwest, I'm not I'm not used to this dry heat uh, mm-hmm. being hot, you know, like crazy hot outside like that. And uh, it's just a completely different environment. So I try to get myself ready to go. And then even when I'm when I get to conference and I drink, because I literally I, I'm not really like I I drink more at conference than I do any year because I'm just hanging out with everyone, having fun. Um, but I also will drink water in between myself drinking, you know, mm-hmm. just to keep myself from dehydrating. Cause I will tell you what, it will, it will wear you out if you just, just, just drink and drink and drink and not even take water in between. And then you wake up that next morning, like you said, and you're just, you know, just can't do it. You just, right. you're like so sluggish. You're, you know, just to get out of bed. And then on top of it, you're, you might be running late to get to a class. Uh, also benefits of having a full comfort pass too is, um, like you said, you can pick and choose your class when you're there. You can drop a class or pick up a class or whatever you feels, you know, best for you uh, as well. So you're not like overwhelming yourself or anything like that. Right. You know, every year the the system changes a little bit. You know, it used to be 
you would just get that full conference pass and you could just walk into whatever class you wanted if you had that. And mm -hmm. now so many people come to conference, you know, and with fire marshal codes and whatever, the, those classes have seat limits. And a lot of times the really popular classes are going to sell out. So I like to sign up for all the ones that I'm interested in. And then I can amend my schedule as I go because I don't want to get stuck out of some class that I, that I really, really want to take, you know. Uh, but there have definitely been times where I, I've prioritized and, I, and I've shifted things up and I've said, I really wanted to take that class, but I think it would be way better for me if I actually just slowed down and took a little bit of time, you know, maybe went and got breakfast or lunch with my friends instead, or maybe I take that extra 90 minutes and I, I go into expo because I really want to place some orders, you know, all this different stuff. It, it really just changes your, your flow of the week. I, I think it depends on how many times you've been there. If it's your first time and you definitely have that itch of like, I have to see everything and I have to bring everything home with me and, and this and that. But once you've been there more than once, you can really start to dial in your, your priorities. You know, are you there for jewelry? Are you there for classes? Are you there to make connections? Are you there to maybe find a new job or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I really just like the experience and I like meeting different piercers that are there for different things. I love having those conversations at the end of the day where I, I get to talk to maybe new attendees and say, what was your favorite class or who was your favorite instructor? Or, Hey, did you see anything like new and crazy at expo that you really liked? Or did you make any jewelry orders today? I love those conversations with people. And it just, just to see like what, what they were trying to get out of conference. It's fascinating to me. Yeah. I get super excited because they're excited about, um, what whatever they decide you know what they're there for what they're wanting to do mm -hmm. and even then the, the random you know anyone that may talk to you or you may meet you can help them out and definitely help oh you, oh this is what's up let's go i know them let's go talk to them you know sure um tell them because they get they'll get excited about it. that's what we're all here for you know kind of what's speaking up? speaking about that kind of subject you're one of you're one of the mentors for the mentor program this year yeah yeah. Um, what are some of the things like have you been talking to your 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 mentees ahead of time or have you not had much of an opportunity to talk to them yet i've actually i've talked to all my mentees um all of them are set i've reached out to them explain hey anything you need let me know that's what i'm here for um give them the rundown of like what you know what i really recommend doing now which is you know the drinking the water and everything and taking care of yourself prior two of them are from michigan um one of them actually i did one of your seminars with when you were here in chicago last year oh cool uh dylan and then uh i have a uk uh an ld scholarship um from the uk uh she is also my mentee and i talked to her and they're all set they really don't need too much so um but i tell them that i'm always open anything you need i'll get it solved for you i'll get it fixed for you i want this to be as easy and as you know as fun experience as possible to make sure you get the full you know, the full force and the, the best thing out of conference. Is this your first year being a mentor? This is my second. Um, second. Last year, uh, I only had two mentees. Um, one gentleman, it was his second, uh, it was his second time. And uh, he would, he, he was pretty much said he had a couple quick, you know, minor things that he had asked for and, you know, or he was wondering about and definitely hung out a little bit. Uh, my other mentee, she was pretty uh, self-sufficient. Uh, she had actually gotten to Vegas the wednesday before conference wow and she yeah she uh she definitely hit like the sunday wall mm -hmm. <laughs> before conference started and then she got sick on top of it because she wasn't used to the weather out there right yeah it, that can really a, kill people i see a lot of people get sick at conference or you know they they lose their voice because a lot of people forget that like the uh environment is can be smoky especially at the bar Oh, uh, area because yeah. yeah there's you could still smoke in vegas some people don't realize that 
because um, most places are have smoking bans at this point. But when I get home, I I have to wash like every single item that I brought, you know, every single piece of clothing or anything just reeks of cigarettes by the end of the week. And I definitely noticed that I have that like raspy, sexy radio host voice by the end of the week because you, you can't avoid it as much as I would love to be able to be in an environment with zero smoke. Las Vegas just, you know, still lets it happen. And uh, it, it is pretty gross. You know, you do have to manage it. And, uh, you know, think drier climate. And there's just a, t- a million strangers out there. So it's really mm-hmm. common for people to get, like, the conference flu. A couple mm-hmm. days after they get home, they're, like, deathly ill because of, like, huge shifts in climate and everything. So, like you were saying earlier, you know, if you have the opportunity to take some vitamins, especially B vitamins and C and zinc and, and different stuff like that, and just drink a lot of water, get your body really well hydrated. Uh, if you're the type of person that wants to spend some time out by the pool, bring sunblock, bring a big floppy hat, bring sunglasses, bring whatever. Like Las Vegas is a pounding desert. Uh, Las Vegas is, you know, an oasis. That's what Las Vegas means, but it's a desert straight up. So if you walk outside, it's going to feel like you're standing in front of an open oven and it can really just suck the moisture right out of your body. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're you're literally, I mean, it's in the Mojave desert. So it's, it's just this random city in the middle of nowhere and it's just high. You can literally cook, you know, an egg on the concrete at some points of the year because it's so hot outside. Yeah. It's nuts. So what about classes? Are there any classes that you're looking forward to taking? Um, I'm trying to think. I, I, I would, I, you'd think I would know because I just looked at the schedule. Um, I'm more focused on, uh, you know, instructing my class mm-hmm. this year. Uh, I want to do a good job. I want everyone to enjoy it. I also um, want you to do a good job because I'm co-instructing that class <laughs> right, with <exactly>. you. <laughs> so I think, I, you know, I think our dynamic's pretty good. We can figure it out uh, for the most part. And we have Lola in the class, yeah. too. I'm excited with that. If It'll all be... else fails, we can just, like, lean on Lola because she's one of the smartest people I've met. Right. Exactly. She comes up with all sorts of cool ideas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How's it uh, been uh, How's it been prepping for you with that, that document I sent over? Do you feel like you're going to hit a groove for it all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, slowly been writing stuff here and there down on, on my little, like, my little uh, notebook I keep around with me, just trying to touch points and think about other things. Like, I'll be walking throughout my own studio and be like, all right, cool, I'm going to hit this point, I'm going to hit this point. You know, I just want to make sure it fills it up. But, you know, I also want to get, in, you know, get people from the crowd to also be like, oh, well, this is how this is. And, oh, okay, well, we can think about it this way. And just, you know, interaction, uh, bringing everyone together. Uh, to make sure, you know, to create one like big think tank as far as like learning. Sure. So um, the biggest thing what is. What could possibly go wrong when you're asking a hundred different people for their opinion at once? Right. Exa- right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just keep it in check. That's what right. you do <laughs> as much as possible. But uh, I do, you know, I am really excited about the um, the Body Piercing Archive. I, you know, I'm really stoked about that as far as being able to go through that this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, you know, I'm, as well as just, just hanging out, just seeing everyone I get to see once a year and then getting outside and stuff. But, uh, key classes, I really like, uh, they're doing the, the, I believe they're doing a, a nipple class. I believe so. Uh, I am doing the nipple class You're the with, nipple with class. Becky. Well, right. okay, let, let me say let me let me right. say that correctly. Becky is teaching a, a nipple class, and I am writing her coattails. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that one should be should be pretty good. Um, you know, she's she's put a lot of thought into it. 
uh, I think it's going to be a really dynamic class because nipple piercings, every piercer has done a ton of nipple piercings, but it's still a really challenging piercing that sometimes people don't really think about it. You know, once you hit your stride and you find that, that technique that gives you really good results, then I think everything is kind of smooth sailing. But I think a lot of piercers um, still struggle with nipple piercings because they're, they're so dynamic. The anatomy can vary so much from one person to the next that it can be really challenging sometimes with, you know, different kinds of anatomy, large and small and inverted and flat and all these different things. And I, I'm really excited to uh, convey some of the, the, the different tips and tricks that I've learned along the way. And uh, Becky's got some some great ideas on the class too. Um, a few years ago, they had taught a class, um, I believe it was Courtney and Jane Maxwell and uh, Kendra Jane. And mm -hmm. for the I members only, I think yeah, I was in there. Yeah. And I still use stuff I learned from that class. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's a great class and I'm glad it's, you know, offered for everyone now. Uh, um, I just actually looked up the class schedule, so I, I didn't sound completely uh, ignorant to what was going on. <laughs> uh, but uh, honing on the high nostrils. I really, oh yeah, yeah, I'm signed up for that one too. That one, high nostrils are. Is that? It, how do you feel when somebody, when a client, not a, not another piercer or something, but when a client walks in and says, "I want high nostrils," like does that make your your intestines clench up a little bit, like mine? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I've got. I don't really get them too often, but I, I like to. What I do is I sit down and I talk with the client a little bit, and then that kind of helps me out a little bit. Not just like, all right, let's do them. You know, I just explain to him like, hey, this is what's going to be like. This is what I'm going to use. And it's like kind of talking to myself. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you can do this. You're going to do this. <laughs> and it comes out. And I've, I mean, I've never had to pull one and redo one. So that's always a plus. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoy them. I think they're cool. Uh, they're definitely starting to catch on. I'm in farther on the suburbs of Chicago. And they're starting to catch out around here. Um, but also, uh, I'm getting a lot of paired... Uh, tongue piercings or what they call the venom piercing. Yeah, I'm getting I, a lot of those. And I think it's because everyone wants those snake eyes and then right. they start Googling and then that's what starts popping up. And I feel like that's, what's driving that then the culture again for those. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm very conservative at, at this point in my career. When I was earlier in my career, I, I take a lot more, chances with with different stuff you know not risks but i would experiment a little bit more i would do more stuff out of the ordinary and now i i'm a bit more conservative i don't i don't really enjoy doing off-center tongue piercings at, at this point uh you know muscular tongue piercings and things so uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a curmudgeon when, when it comes to that i would love to see a, a good discussion a good class formed on all like alternative tongue piercings and see the pros and and the cons you know because i think that's an important part of it when you just tell piercers and clientele uh like no no i don't i don't do that then they might go to find some other information and who knows what information they're getting in, the, in those right. situations so i would like to see kind of a wider perspective on alternative placement tongue piercings but when it comes to high nostrils i'm definitely looking forward to that class because if there's a secret, I don't know it yet. You know, like I, I can do high nostrils and they can come out okay. Um, you know, I can do ones where, where they're both flat, you know, but I, it's always a challenge and it's always a struggle. And I remember that there have been other piercings like that in my career, like mm -hmm. date piercings, doth piercings were definitely something I would struggle with, you know, 10 years ago or something. And then when that trend hit and they became this, like this crazy popular thing that everybody wanted, uh, I've had the opportunity to really dial in my technique where now it's just like I'm doing a, a, a nostril or whatever other piercing right. like there. It's it's so easy for me now. And high nostril is definitely not on that list, you know, so I would love 
to get a little bit of information and, and learn some. Is it Luis yeah. and Adam Richens teaching that no, class? I think it's Luis and uh, Jake Hardman. I want to okay. say. I okay. think that's the. They might be the. You know what? Let me. I'm on here. I'll look for it. But. Um, well, whoever's teaching it, I know. Yeah, I know it's I'm, Luis and someone else. But yeah, I definitely want to take that class. I I want to take the. Uh, how to win clients and influence piercers class that Daniel mm-hmm. Thomas is, is taking because when I when I talk to him a little bit in Canada he's he's so passionate um, and he he's just it's it's hard to really put my finger on it but he's just so warm and open when he kind of gets going when he starts talking about something he might feel a little bit nervous and apprehensive if you ask him to talk about uh, other topics but when it gets to the point where he just talks about how to how to communicate with with clients in the studio and um, how to like build yourself up as a as a piercer and, and build your brand and everything like that. It's it's he's really warm and open with it, and I'm really looking forward to that class. I think it's going to be pretty killer. Yeah, that's um, <clears throat> any kind of like um, class where they teach you a skill on how to act in your room or like just in general. It's it's always going to be good for you, and should, that's always an essential class you always want to probably take at least not every year, but every other year. Because they're always going to have something, but it's always good to see different perspective from different people. Because um, in the times I've traveled, everyone is completely different when they enter that room. But they all core values, you know, they they just teach each other, like they not teach each other, but they all kind of just focus around the same idea of just keeping that con that client like cool, calm, cool, and collective with everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know what I like? I like how you say room like it like it's actually spelled r-o-o-m i still i don't know if i ever told you this but whitney thompson totally gave me a complex where i don't like to say the word room in front of other other piercers because (laughs) apparently i pronounce it funny because i'm from new england and i pronounce it like it's spelled r-u-m so whenever i say like oh yeah the piercing room like people always give me shit about it so like a lot of times i'll be like oh the piercing area and I don't know. It just it always sticks out. I I completely have a complex now. Thanks, Whitney. <laughs> um, I recently, I was uh, when I was in Knoxville. I uh, someone was talking about. Uh, oh, do you know any like cheap mills? And I'm like mills. Like what's a mill? And the, you know like food. I was like oh meals. Oh yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> and I was like oh I'm so sorry. <laughs> you like dogs? Uh, yeah, I like dogs. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm just like I'm like, am I hearing her right, or am I just like maybe I'm just like not hearing her? I don't know. She's yeah. saying mills as in like a like a mill or like a meal as in food. I mean, there are probably like a, a hundred right. funny things that you can pronounce depending on you know because you're Chicago area, I'm Boston yeah. area, and you can make a whole list of jokes about how people from those areas pronounce certain things. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, room is the only one that I am like actively aware of. Whenever I have to say it out loud in front of another person in my piercing industry, uh, usually I'll end up saying piercing area instead because I'm self-conscious. But anyway, back to conference things. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you heard much about the, uh, the the different processes? Like there's, there's not going to be any sort of raffle this year. Uh, there's going to be the silent auction and yeah. uh, they're going to be the the there's going to be the golden ticket. So have you heard much about those yet? Because I, I think a lot of piercers don't really understand what it is yet. Um, I haven't really. I I skimmed it over and I thought it was a little bit different and interesting. Um, it's you know it's always good to bring fresh fresh things into it so it doesn't get anyone gets too bored. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a great idea. We'll see how it goes. Uh, you know as far as like winning and everything. But the I golden t- be I, I like the really golden ticket idea. You know. 
the, the golden ticket idea, I think, is great. You know, when I when I heard about all these things for the first time in a board meeting, I, I just couldn't wrap my head around it at first. But, <clears throat> you know, Paul put a lot of work in to, to really educate everybody on the, the board and behind the scenes as to exactly what it is. And I think the way it'll be rolled out at conference is going to be awesome for people because not to not to knock anyone, you know, people have won... Uh, people have have won raffles in previous years and it's been so amazing and some people have won more than one raffle in the same year and it's amazing to see those people get things that you know they really deserve they're they're really hard-working piercers who just who deserve it when they get stuff like that but at the same time I can understand the frustration if there are other people that that are in the the room that have purchased tickets for raffle and they've put you know a lot of money into it and they haven't won anything. So right. the golden ticket, especially for the people who haven't heard of it yet, the first 500 people, I'm, I'm pretty sure that figure is correct. The first 500 people yeah. that signed up for the full conference pass are going to get a, a, a chance at a, a golden ticket. And, uh, you can get all kinds of really killer raffle. They're not they're not called, they're not called raffle prizes anymore, um, but it, you can get all kinds of really cool prizes. And the the coolest thing is with the silent auction. Uh, there are all these different companies that have contributed all, all these fantastic prizes, and you can go in and you can just do it silent auction style. So it's not about one person buying five thousand dollars worth of, of raffle tickets anymore. You can go in and you can say, okay, there's there's going to be this. A five thousand dollar prize from uh, this company or that company, and you can do a silent auction for it, and you can sign up. and And the people who really want to just focus their money and they want to focus it towards one thing, like I, I want to, if I had three thousand dollars to to take a really good shot at getting a, a huge amount of body vision or uh, an atom metal or or something like that, that you can focus your money right exactly towards what you want. And I think it's going to be awesome. For those other people that aren't really sure and just want to maybe nibble around the edges a little bit, they have the shot at those golden tickets, and you can get some killer prizes for all that stuff. And I think it'll be really fun because you're going to have a ton of people winning prizes now. You're- yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's good that they, like I said, they they changed it up. Uh, definitely going to bring uh, something completely different to the table this year. And I, I'm get to see like how well it does, and then for them to carry it on or even modify it for next year. To do something slightly different, but uh, yeah, it says uh, up to 500 tickets will be provided or sold with 50 unique winners, at least one in 10 chance of winning, uh, and then each ticket will be priced at $25 on site at conference. I don't think they're they're gonna ac- actually have any to sell on site at conference because it's it's the first 500, 500 people that register. sign up for the for mm-hmm. the f- yeah for the full registered, and I'm pretty sure uh, Caitlin posted something within the last couple of days that we hit a thousand people pre-registered for conference already. That's awesome. And, yeah, it's nuts because typically, the, and that's just people who pre-registered. And keep in mind that people register on site too. And usually, the pre-registered are somewhere around like seventy-five, eighty percent of the total registrants. So you know, we we might end up having twelve hundred or more people, fourteen hundred maybe. You know, uh, people that are actually going to be registered once you count all the people that register on site. And that's just nuts. You know, looking at how far conferences come in the last you know 10 years uh it's been like an explosion and and you're on uh, for the people that don't already know you're on the membership committee which processes yeah. all the new applications and we've had a crazy amount of people we've had membership explode over the last few years and yeah um how many people like swamped you with new membership applications before the cutoff date um i can tell you i wanted i i think i personally uh when that I, we had to have processed well over 30 before 
the cutoff date, like right mm-hmm. before it. And then I, you know, I personally, with a couple other people, we took on, I took on at least 12 plus with some other people. And some of those were individually or paired with a partner on the membership committee. It was crazy, but it was awesome to see that, that because I didn't even, last year, we even, I didn't even have close to that, uh, which kind of got me excited. Uh, I'm super more excited to see like next year because it's the 25th anniversary of conference oh, to yeah. see like those numbers just skyrocket because it's a milestone yeah. year. So, yeah, but, I, uh, I, yeah, I'm really proud of all the work that everybody has done to, to grow the APP, you know, and again, going back to the fact that it's, it's all volunteer essentially, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, all the different people on the membership committee, like doing all that work to process all those applications. And, you know, it's really selfless and it's really cool that you would actually volunteer to do that. And it really shows how much you care about the industry. So if nobody said it lately, thanks for, for doing all that work. Yeah. Uh, I'm only one person in, in all of it. So that's, and I, so it takes team effort. I, there, well, I totally there, know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, it doesn't, you know, I appreciate it. Uh, I hope that it, other people get involved um we always need those people it is a ball i you know i like to say is it, it, we want to be inclusive not exclusive mm-hmm. uh, i, I want to help you i want to help you become a member I, even if you know you're not even that reach reach out through me through social media i'll talk to you all day long i'm if, if you have any questions i'll take care of it for you i'll, I'll figure it out i'll i'll help you out in any way shape or form to at least boost your you know your environmental you know bring that safety up to the next standard that you're looking to do um, yeah, we all have to start somewhere. Exactly, you know. And for those piercers that are listening, if if a goal of yours is to eventually achieve APP membership, realize that it's not an overnight thing. You know, for some pier- for some piercers, it's months or years of work. For me, it was years. It was years of work. You know, and uh, I, I wouldn't have been able to get there without all the different people within the APP that were volunteering and helping. You know, answering questions and giving me all the support I needed through that application process. So. Yeah, if there's anybody out there listening, you can definitely contact the membership committee. You can talk to Baron. You can talk to the other people that are volunteering on there. And you can get a lot of advice, even if you're not, you know, within stone's throw of membership. If you still have all these different things kind of standing in front of you as an obstacle, if you have to work on your jewelry, if you have to work on your sterilizers, if you have to work on your piercing areas, uh, you can you can talk to the membership committee. You can send them pictures and you can you can speak honestly with them because I don't know anybody related to the membership committee who's ever been like a pretentious jerk about it because you just want more people to be able to apply and, and grow the organization. So I'm sure a good amount of the conversations you have with people is how they can in, improve their, their, uh, their studios. Yeah. Uh, you, we, I'll have, we have little ribbons on our badges that show who is on the membership. Now mm-hmm. there's a thousand people. There's only eight people on membership. So we're a little, but uh, you're definitely can find us at the membership round table. Uh, too, if you haven't signed up or you're interested, you go there or catch us, you know, just after if you can't. I mean, we're willing to discuss, any of us, any of us are willing to discuss with you to help you. Um, whether, and it, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be because it's just to help you get to where you need to be. It might not be up to membership, but it's going to be a step in the right direction, you know. Sure. Uh, you always want to walk before you, you know, you run. And that's how, that's how you get to the, the finish line. So, What would you say are, are some of the more common questions you would get? from people in those round tables? Cause I'd imagine you've been in them before too. Like what, what are some of the concerns that people have or, or do people have a lot of misconceptions about what's required for membership? Um, <clears throat> I get a lot of people that, uh, uh, about having hand wash sink in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it has to be easily accessible. 
Yeah. Okay. We're not saying like you're walking through five doorways, you know, through a lobby, down some stairs. That's not easily accessible. But like uh, in my in my studio, uh, my sink is like 17 feet from my room, but I only have to walk through my little, like basically my tiny little waiting area, which is where my client usually is right before we do anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm I, that's I'm, I'm a member. Uh, I that's the I for the longest time I was like, oh well, I can't be a member because I don't have this. But then come to realize, you know, I talked to Johnny Blaze. He was like, no, he's like, it just has to be easily accessible. You just have to be able to get to it without having to open any doors um, and within reasonable distance. You know, mm-hmm. if you're walking through, like, if your sink's in the middle of, like, an open tattoo area and you got to walk, wash your hands and then walk through the tattoo, they, no. You know, but a lot, I get a lot of people like that. Um, I don't really, I, you know, I thought it would get more people about statums. Uh, oh, you have to have a statum, but I don't uh, for some reason. Well, I don't know why I, I thought think, I did, uh... but... I think people have done a fair amount of work to to dispel some of the the myths in, in mm-hmm. previous years. You know, like you have to have a statum, you have to have this and that. Like there, there's actually a pretty short list of the things that are like minimum requirements. You know, I think people tend to think of what's what's my what's my ultimate goal, and then that's when they're they're gonna apply for membership. I hear so many people say, "Yeah, you know, I want to apply, but I'm waiting to do this and that and that and this." And it's like, okay, well, those things are, are above minimum standard already. So you might already be able to to meet, right. me, you know, membership standards right now. And then you can do those things down the road. Like for me, uh, I didn't apply when I thought everything was perfect. I don't think I'll ever see anything as perfect in my own studio, you know. So, but I, I realized like, okay, now I'm, I'm past that line of all their minimum standards being, being checked off. So now is the time to apply. And then I can still make those improvements later on down the road. Uh, I call it analysis by paralysis. Like you mm-hmm. overwhelm yourself by so much. Like I got to get this, this, and this. I think I find more people scared or worried about applying and getting just rejected. Like we're just right. going to send them this like horrible letter telling them, you know, no. And, and I'm not going to do that. We're, I, I shouldn't say I'm not, not going to do that. The committee's not going to do that. We're going to talk to you. And like if something's not something's not right or your video is not perfect and it's something that we have we'll just tell you to reshoot it that's mm-hmm. all that's all we're gonna do we're not gonna be like don't ever talk to us again ever. <laughs> yeah like uh it's three times and you're out no we just okay cool you need to do this this and this um with how much it is just reshoot your video it's really quick and easy um and you don't have to you don't have to be in the video um so people think that they have to like be in front of the camera stuff like no just walk through and show us everything mm-hmm. uh, that's and then you know just make sure that you're uh you know you got uh, all your ducks in a row we have the new member leap system um where you know you submit everything through the website and you, you know you there's a bunch of links that'll show you how to do that um you can always reach out to anything it's uh members at safe piercing as well if you have any you know any questions or like again reach out to any the member uh or we have the app non uh non-member question forum uh, I'm usually always on that, trying to make sure everyone knows and understands, because some people are, you know, th- some things they do, that some things they don't know. Uh, and sometimes it's like, oh, they're well, way, like you said, they're well above and beyond the standards uh, to, they can apply easily, just got to do it, you know, um, just yeah. just try. Uh, if you're worried about your video, you can always send, send someone, a, you, you know, uh, a copy of your video beforehand. But like I said, we're not going to, we're not going to like, oh, he he took a left instead of a right, didn't show us this first. All right, we're done. We're not watching this. Just right. uh, 
just don't edit your video. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty much the don't edit your video and shoot it uh, shoot it horizontal, not vertical. Those yeah. are like the biggest ones. Uh, I you know that I'm like okay, this looks good, but you edited it, or or I'll have to watch it. I'm like, hey, guess what? You just got to reshoot it because you shot it vertical and not horizontal. Yeah. yeah, those are like my biggest ones. Um, and Little I know, things. yeah, and we stress and we stress we stress that in the round round table. Yeah, well. I mean that that's so. good. Another thing that that I think is is really helpful information is once you once you apply for membership, like once you click on that link on the website of like apply and you pay your, yeah, your application fee. Yeah. Um, you you don't have to apply right then. You're not clicking on it to say I'm applying right now Um, you're clicking on it and you're starting the application process and what happens when you click that application process and you file that application fee you get the the full APP procedure manual for free at that point you can download it and if you're unsure of of exactly what you need just read that manual and it'll tell you in explicit terms like these are the minimum standards you know you need a door on your piercing room you need hand washing facility available Mm -hmm. to you you need this yep. and that, like really simple, simple things. And it lays it out really clearly. And as a bonus, you know, you get the whole rest of the procedure manual, which talks about all kinds of stuff, sterilization and jewelry and aftercare and troubleshooting and all these other things, which is fantastic. And, um, you know, you don't have to apply right that day. If you want to take a month to do the whole process, you can. You can upload things as you go. You can make a list and you can tick it off and you can work on it. Uh, don't look at it as like a mountain uh, just look at it as that, you know, taking that one step in front of you and then another step and then another step. And then by the time you're you're done and you look up again, you're at the top of the mountain and you're an APP member and it's totally achievable. Yeah. And then if you if you have someone that's on the committee that's local to you or and happens to be traveling or in the area, reach out to them. You can more than you know, I'm more than happy to stop by any studios and I've done it multiple times, you know, just to kind of, OK, do fix this, do this, you know. I'm going to recommend this, you know, and then if you need someone to help you shoot the video, you know, there's nothing wrong against There's nothing wrong or against us doing it. Yeah. Uh, shooting, helping you shoot the video uh, for sure. I, I've done it plenty of times to help someone out, um, especially if they're super nervous or they're worried. Uh, I just want to put your mind at ease. Um, and actually the initial, uh, it's $50 for the application fee. So. Oh, $50 a, for the application fee. Yeah, $50 for, yeah. And then, yep. All right. Well, uh, so going back to going back to conference a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I think if people want to have tons of information about the classes and mentor program and all that stuff, you know, they, they can go back and they can listen to my old episodes or they can listen to, uh, you know, Will's podcast. He just came out with a podcast uh, with Kale Belford and, and she's incoming on the board of directors and the, the head of the, the mentor program and all that stuff. So. If you're also looking for more conference info, definitely check out, uh, you know, Real Talk, a piercing podcast with Will Von Doom. You can hear uh, all the information that, that he's putting out for conference this year. But I want to talk about uh, some of like the, the little personal things like food is, is a big thing for me because a lot of a lot of piercers, they go out there. They're focusing so much on uh, the classes and signing up for the mentor program and expo and the closing party and registration and this and that and they're kind of forgetting about some of the human elements of it and you know number one it's it's a it's a trip it's a trip outside of the shop so i want to talk about a couple of like just like little useful things that you might have picked up over all the different years you've been coming to conference or things you've heard from friends like what's your what's your favorite stuff to eat when you're out in vegas do you have like a favorite spot you go to i actually i snack it up i i pack a bunch of snacks 
if I don't have room in my my check-in, I do my carry-on. I mean, TSA doesn't care about solid foods. They only care about liquid. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm pretty conservative when it comes down to eating. I, I just snack a lot. I'll go to uh, I'll go to Whole Foods when I get there. Or, you know, find someone that's going, or if someone's there that has a car, just drive out there. You know, spend fifty, sixty dollars, and that'll premium. You know, PB and J. Uh, anything else you could, you know, uh, I did like just a giant bottle of cold brew coffee and then just pay pay the rental fee for the fridge if there is one. I don't know if the Planet Hollywood has one. And then I just kind of do that for the week and then I'll just eat. Uh, I'll just eat out. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just eat out randomly <laughs> with people uh, at our breakfast and stuff. That's oh, I don't breakfast do it. and I don't, stuff. I was yeah. thinking about something else. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> But uh, you are you are disappointingly smart when it comes to that and, and efficient. You have to come out and, and and hit like a buffet spot with me. I think this year. I think that would be all fun. right. Cool. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I did it my first year. Oh, I I I've, I when I hit the slots, but two like I ate out big every night and it was horrible. Like I had to play the slots to hopefully make back the money I spent on food, Oof. which that I I actually broke even. I got lucky. Uh, then I learned never to do that again. Uh, yeah. And I was well, just like, <laughs> yeah. Top of my list for advice that I'd probably give people is uh, don't gamble in Las yeah. Vegas. It's don't. a trap. It's a trick. Yeah. <laughs> like if Las Vegas exists to basically hold you by your ankles upside down and shake you and get all the money out of your pocket. Yeah. So if you can avoid that, you know, if you want to just if you want to ham it up and just have the experience of like dumping 20 bucks into a slot machine, go yeah. for it. But you know, if you're going to sit down at those tables, you'd better know how to play those games yeah. because I sat down and played blackjack with Jesse one year and it did not go well for me. Yeah. I mean, go in with a game plan and know like, Hey, I'm, I can lose this amount of money and I'm okay with it. If yeah. I'm sure like, that works. I'm sure nobody has ever accidentally spent too much at a Las Vegas right, casino. Right. Exactly. Or don't get, don't get like super drunk. And then be like, I've got this. And then, oh, uh, right. Oh, uh, yeah. I've you realize that. that Las Vegas is basically just a giant trap to get you drunk and get you gambling. Yeah, basically. Uh, these past few years, I've been pretty good. Or three years. I've been really, really good. I try to, I don't, I, I like you said, I throw $20 in a slot because basically around the bar area, that's all that there are a slot. It's all the slots. Yeah. So it's not too crazy, but I do kind of want to do roulette this year and just throw. Yeah. But I just, you it know, seems fun. It I like I like to I like to have the fantasy of us like, you know, always bet on black or something, you know, yeah. but I don't know how to play these goddamn games. And if I if I was like winning or losing, unless they're like physically handing me chips or money or something like that, I'm not going to know if I'm doing good or not. It's just going to be like, a, oh, I've lost all my money and I'm broke and I have to go to bed now. Well, uh, remember when, uh, when we were in Atlanta uh, for camp and they had the, the heat locker, oh, the sneaker God. machine with the stacks of cash. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, Ryan, you just have to stop. Like, you're, you're going to go down this hole and we can't get you out why don't, of it. Why don't you do me a favor and explain it to the people listening what exactly happened? Because, okay, we were in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, just, was it after or before it, it was. It was before because we were just going to go, yeah. Because I, so we uh, we were like, hey, let's go into the store and, uh, or let's go down and check out. I think we were going to check out Colo because we mm-hmm. were at the piercing experience. It was maybe what, a mile down the, the road. Yep. So we walked down there and they had a, a sneaker store, Heat, in uh, I think it's Little Five Points, I believe the area. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool, it's a sneaker store. Let's go check it out. So we uh, we went in and checked it out. And then you saw the uh, the Heat Locker game, which is, um, that's the name of the game. It's basically a, it's an adult game to win uh, high-end sneakers. 
it's it's not a claw machine, but it's no. in that same kind of vein of yeah. claw machines. And you have to get this key into this little slot, and <clears throat> you win whatever's on that on the the peg that's holding it. So um, this one actually was the first time I've seen it. it had stacks of cash, like a thousand, two thousand. I think one of them had five thousand dollars just cash in it. And uh, Ryan decided to play it, and it's like five to I think it was like five or ten dollars a. Uh, a play or play yeah. yeah and you you i don't know you went you went quite a while i mean i went a while and i was yeah. just like oh no 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 <laughs> it's that same thing as las vegas it it makes it seem so easy like oh my god how could you not you know move this little thing to touch this button and get five thousand dollars cash uh it, it's very akin to those machines that would be in arcades where it's like this the the shelf of quarters just kind of like precariously standing there. And mm-hmm. if you toss your one quarter in just the right way, it'll knock all these others off and you'll get them all. It's kind of like that, but with cash. And I, I I'd probably wasted like a hundred bucks or something in like five minutes. And then you yeah. had to pretty much drag me out of the yeah. store, which was a smart move. Yeah. Um, I mean, last year we went to urban necessities in the fashion mall and uh, we were with a group of piercers and uh, my buddy, uh, Jeffrey Clark, uh, who's a piercer out in Chicagoland, he came with us, and he really wanted these these Air Maxes. And uh, he played. Uh, he, I think he dumped maybe like $25, $30 into the machine, and he won. He won like an $800 pair of shoes. Son for, of a bitch. Right. And I was like, all right, so these are obtainable. Yeah, it was it was crazy. And I think I only think he wore them in the hotel that year. So he hmm. didn't even take them outside. So hmm. they're still good. <laughs> They'll still hold their value. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's a great retirement plan. <laughs> Uh, going back to, to tips, uh, one of my, it's not, it's not the greatest tip, but it's just one of those, if you're a glutton and if you enjoy buffets, keep in mind that they have a thing called the buffet of buffets. You can spend, I think it's something like 50 bucks and you get 24 hour access to, I think these like seven different buffets. Uh, and it's great because if you time it just right, you can do like lunch dinner, breakfast, and lunch for 50 bucks in an all-you-can-eat fancy buffet. And that's like one of my favorite things to do in Las Vegas is go to buffets. And it really shows by the end of the week I put on like a good 10 or 20 pounds. Um, But I absolutely love buffets. So if you're the type of person who really enjoys culinary stuff and, you know, maybe you don't have an unlimited budget, uh, if you can do one nice thing for yourself, get the buffet of buffets. And you can have four really sweet meals off of that. Uh, I did not even know about that. That sounds uh, pretty awesome and very, very, very... That's a good tip. It's very smart. It's so great. <laughs> even if you only go twice, even if you only get two meals out of it, it's worth it because if you go to a buffet, just want like a good quality buffet, mm-hmm. it's like 25, 30 bucks to go to one buffet, you know? So if you can do that and hit it up. But if you're if you're like a buffet hunter, like I am a buffet hunter, I've been to all like the top buffets in Las Vegas. Uh, the absolute best one that I've ever been to is called Wicked Spoon in the Aria. Uh, which was great because it was kind of right across the street from Bally's the last few years. So I've always been going there. You know, I usually go there with Jesse and uh, it's it's fantastic. And you can do like a, a $15 or maybe even less upcharge and you can do unlimited wine with your buffet. Ooh. And it's great. It's so great. That that it, That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can shake yourself loose for a night sometime uh, during the course of the week, we should totally go yeah. out and hit an awesome um, buffet. I'm totally down for that. I know in the Planet of Hollywood, they do have uh, a buffet on the lower level. Plan- 
the Planet Hollywood buffet is part of that buffet of buffets. What? So, yeah, you could get that fifty bucks, and then you could hit you could hit that four different times. Even if you're not like you know psyched about it, you know, just keep in mind that it's it's four full meals, all you can eat in Vegas yeah. for fifty bucks. Like you can't you can't really beat that deal. It's kind of like uh, cafeteria food, you know. You don't really like it, but it's cheap, and it you know. Gives... Oh, fuck that. No, I love, I love it. It's <laughs> oh, not like I love cafeteria, cafeteria food. food. It's like super awesome <laughs> buffet food. It's it's great. It's super great. Yeah. Another good thing, and like this is more of like a punk rock kind of an aspect of it, but it's it's totally fine within the rules. Uh, you can bring a bag. And you can, you know, sneak a couple of bagels, sneak a couple of, you know, bananas, sneak a couple of apples. Yeah. It's all you can eat. You know, it, it, you know, so much food just gets thrown out in Vegas. So if you do hit up a buffet and you have a bag with you, there's nothing wrong with grabbing a couple of snacks. People might look a little bit down their nose at you, but I don't care. I do that every year. I end up yeah. taking like a bag full of like bagels and bananas back to my hotel room. Right. And uh, I, I, you know, I eat them when I, when I have, uh, when I, when I have the hungers. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're... Most people that are going there are basically vacationing. They're trying to live it up, kind of thing. We're just trying to survive that week, right? <laughs> not spending. Now, I'm I'm not against it. You want to go, you know? You want to ball out, ball out. That's you. Do you do you? You know, just balling out has consequences. Like right. no money when you go home, or for yeah. expo, you will not have money to buy cool stuff. Just so just keep a reminder of that. Good point. <laughs> Uh, so another just, good trick is like actually getting to the hotel. I know a lot of people they they pick up their bag and then they go outside and they get in the taxi line, you know. But a taxi, depending on if you hit some traffic, especially on the strip, uh, a taxi can end up costing you a lot of money just for a one-way cab. You might end up paying twenty or twenty-five bucks to get to your hotel. But just outside of that baggage check area, right in that same area as the taxis, they have all these great shuttles. And you can usually pay something like 15 bucks, and that'll give you round-trip shuttle to and from your hotel. So they'll drive you out to your hotel with your bag, and then the night before you're, you're leaving, you just call them and you schedule a pickup. And then they'll, they'll pick you up the next day, and they'll bring you out to the, to, the, to the airport again. So that's a really good trick, too. I remember blowing a bunch of money on a taxi my first year. Uh, and now I just do the shuttles, and it's it's so much worth it. Um, you can go on the APP conference attendees uh, forum on Facebook and find someone that's landing remotely near you uh, to partner up with them. Because sure, you know I what like some of, I've seen some limo rides of like forty bucks or something, but like split between four people, shoot, you can even fit five or six. And some of those, you know, now you're spending like you know six seven dollars a person. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, that's that's great and all, but I don't like being crammed in a tax cab. Like, there, there's going to be those types of piercers who, like, they're fine with that. They're extroverts. They're cool with being in a group, or maybe they're going out with a group or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fine with, with that. But if you're that kind of, like, lone wolf piercer, and I know there are a lot of them, oh, yeah. and I'm definitely on that list, like, the shuttles are, are where it's at for me because I, I hate waiting in those taxi lines, too. For sure. I mean, I, I, I always travel. I use the buddy system. I always travel mm-hmm. with a buddy, so... Um, that's just how I learned, uh, but definitely make some valid points. If you know, you're just trying to get to and from, you know, on a budget, definitely the way to go for that. So any, any other like barren specific things for Vegas? Like, do you have like a cool tourist spot that you usually recommend people to go to? Like I always say, if you can get out and see the Bellagio fountain show, like that's, that's my (laughs) favorite free thing you can do in Vegas is just walking down the strip and watching the Bellagio Um, fountains. I went to the Lux, which is just a cool building. Mm-hmm. Um, that was cool. I just walk around in the mornings. I get up, 
I usually get up fairly early-ish and then just kind of walk around outside, just kind of taking, if you're not used to being out in the world or hit a Fremont Street, mm -hmm. the old Fremont. I did that last year with a group of people, and that was fun. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Seen Elvis impersonator, some cool neat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All sorts of crazy stuff goes on that street. It's awesome. Uh, you can do the zip lining, but that's, you know, if you're, it's not free. Oof. <laughs> I, I've got a I've got a thing about heights. I don't think I'm gonna do that zip line. I don't know where which one it is, but I always wanted to do the one where you jump off the side of the building. You know, you re not repel, but just just jump. Like bungee? Not like a bungee. They they slowly let you down once you hit a certain height. But I don't I forget where that like what building that's on. I'm gonna guess it's the stratosphere because they have all kinds so. of like panic inducing yeah. things on the top of that. Yeah. I, I did a I did a roller coaster on the top of the stratosphere and oh. I uh, I was very clenched in the <laughs> you were white knuckling the, the, the butt region. <laughs> you were white knuckling I, I, the bars. <laughs> yeah, I was white sphinctering. It was it was like it was a lot, a lot of tension for me. Yeah. Um, one one kind of last thing, and if you have anything else you want to bring oh. up, I'm cool with it. But kind of one last thing I wanted to start to talk about is the the myth of the whole like what happens in vegas stays in vegas thing uh, and i i really just i always want to drive it home to people that there should always be just like a, a be cool policy mm -hmm. conference you know um for for the the people that are going to vegas for the first time or for the people that live kind of quiet lives at home or you know they're they're being cut cut loose for a week uh, realize that the reputation that you earn in las vegas is going to carry it, it's going to it's going to follow you through your career um, it's it's not something that's going to just go away uh, once you once you fly home so uh, don't be an asshole don't be the creep at the bar who's just trying to get laid. You know, like be be responsible and be a professional. If you want to make friends, if you want to have a good time, that's fine. That's awesome. Like that's one of the best things about Vegas is is making friends. But you have to really like pay attention to the social situation. You have to respect people that are there. There are plenty of people where they're just there to, to cut loose and, and have a good time with their friends. And just because someone's smiling at you or someone's laughing at a joke or someone's got a, a drink in their hand or something like that, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're there to party. So don't be rude. You're not in some cheesy nightclub. You're at a professional event. And, and take it seriously, you know. Uh, talk to someone, but, you know... Be a professional about it, you know. Uh, if if personal relationships develop at conference, that's great. That you know that can be a, an amazing experience to connect with someone uh, in an environment like that. But uh, it's really important to to realize that you're you're not you're not in a frat. Uh, you're not there to party with the people that don't want to party. So just be responsible and just be be cool to other people while you're there. Uh, conduct yourself in a respectable manner. Thanks. Absolutely. Like we all can have fun, but yeah, like you said, it that it will stick with you because again, you're <clears throat> you're with everyone. Basically, you're with the internet at conference. Right. Like they're just now it's in physical form instead of you know through you know through everything mm -hmm. through your phone, you know your computer. So you just <laughs> yeah, just be responsible, be respectable, treat yeah. treat everyone the same. And, you know, for every alcohol drink you have, have some water. Yes. You know, you, you'll really, 
you'll really thank yourself at the end of the week if you don't have something to be embarrassed about, if you're not carrying some form of like shame or bad story home with you. You know, like there are lots of people that go there and they way overdo it on alcohol. They get in this environment where they see all these faces that they recognize from mm -hmm. Facebook or Instagram and they think like, you know, I've made it. I'm I'm inside the cool kids club or whatever and I'm going to cut loose and I'm going to party. Uh, and if you overdo it, you're really going to make an ass out of yourself. You know, there are going to be people that are maybe prospective bosses or coworkers. You know, there are certain opportunities that you can definitely earn in Las Vegas. And there are a lot of opportunities that you can miss by, by just not being professional. So you don't have to wear a, a three-piece suit and, and say, you know, like yes and no and, and keep your hands folded on your lap the whole week you can still have fun but realize that it's like you know you have to understand boundaries you have right. to understand uh just you have to understand the social situation and uh if you're if you're in a social situation that you're not comfortable with leave step mm -hmm. out of it you know uh I, I think some new piercers do tend to fall into that trap of being starstruck almost and you know, I, I get it. I've been starstruck by by body piercers too, but you have to realize that they're just people. So maybe, you know, try to take it with a grain of salt and realize that they're just a body piercer too. And and you can have a conversation with them. You can ask them questions. But you know, if you get into that situation where it's like, okay, they're partying a, a lot harder than I want to party. Nothing wrong with removing yourself from that situation and or maybe kind of connecting yourself to a different group of friends that might uh, just be a little bit more your speed and, and more comfortable for the week. Oh, yeah, another thing. Uh, if you're going to wear new shoes, break them in now. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, you're, yeah, because you're going to be doing a lot more walking than you think you're going to be doing, trust me, oh. and a lot more standing than you think you're going to be doing because yeah. you go down to hang out or do whatever, you know, just sit, just figure it this way. Uh, there's really not that much seating at the bar, typically. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how the planet Hollywood is. Um, but, like, you go down at 8, you might be sitting down at, you know, 1 in the morning. You yeah. know, you might be standing for those. So just wear proper footwear, you know, what you feel comfortable with. But don't don't break them in at conference because that's going to sure. not feel good at all uh, on your feet, you know, two, three days in. Especially if you've been walking back and forth because I don't even know how big this spaces or how much you're actually going to be walking this it's a, year. it's a big place it's yeah. a really cool it's a really cool space but i remember one year i bought one of those smart watches like fitness smart watches mm -hmm. uh, and a, you know my couple of couple of weeks leading up to vegas it was like oh yeah your, your goal for steps today and then my first day in las vegas it was like oh you've done 11 times your daily goal in in steps and it's like oh okay yeah i forgot that's like if you're if you're really working at conference, you know, whether that's taking classes or being being a vendor or being a volunteer or something like that, like you're going to be getting a couple of miles worth of walking in every day, basically. Yeah, um, yeah probably anywhere between five to ten times the amount you're used to walking. Sure. Yeah. But <laughs> and again, that goes back to, you know, hydration. Yeah. Drink water. You know, oh. if you're not if you're not peeing on a regular basis, like if you're if you're stopping in Las Vegas and being like, oh, man, I haven't peed in like six hours. Like you're dehydrated. You got to yeah. get some water in you. Yeah. Um, I, I think the only time that ever happened is um, I had been uh, I've been drinking water all the way up. But the day I left for conference, I didn't really drink anything that morning. I had a couple drinks before I got on the flight. Then I got to Vegas. I got immediately off the flight into a uh, car we went to a concert outside 
And I didn't even get any water till then. I felt really lightheaded. I had to get, you know, I, I had to actually, I was, I, I was like, well, what's wrong with me? I never feel like this. Then I realized, I was like, you know what? I haven't drank any water, nor have I eaten anything too on top of it. And all I had was alcohol in my system prior to that. So yeah, I uh, got some food, got some water and I felt, you know, I felt great afterwards. It's really important to make sure you're taking care of yourself, especially in an environment, you know, you're not used to uh, right. as well, but yeah. Well, if uh, if the people listening haven't picked up on the overall theme, you know, we're just saying like you want to manage the week carefully. Yes. You know, it's it's kind of like that whole catchphrase of like curated ear. You want to have that curated experience at Vegas. You want to come prepared, uh, come prepared to walk, come prepared to relax, come prepared to learn, uh, and get the most you can out of the week. You know, Las Vegas is is a crazy city, but the 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 conference experience is amazing. Um, and as much as I might not be crazy about Las Vegas at this point, I am crazy about conference and it's, no. it's high on my priority list. Like I am, I am not going to miss it. I, and I, I'm, I, I feel like you're kind of the same. Way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, you, my wife gets bored of hearing me talk about how conference is so amazing and I love <laughs> it going there. Cool. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, bring a refillable water bottle. Oh yeah. You can well, take yeah, it on you a can, plane. You or, can buy water bottles yeah. there too if you forget them. But yeah, yeah prepare prepare yourself for hydration, yeah. my friend. Yes, exactly. All right. All right, man. Well, uh, I really appreciate you taking some time. Yeah, um, but it is it is getting close to nine p.m. and yep. I have to go watch that Game of Thrones premiere. <sighs> I know. I got to watch it tomorrow morning because I don't have like HBO like that. <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah, wah. I, I I bought the app just so yeah. I could nerd out to this show it's all awesome. right man all right, take it uh, easy. i will see you in a couple of weeks and we will go get a buffet yes we will all righty cool man all right uh one more time uh what's your uh your bona fides like how do people find you on the interwebs um you find me uh my name's baron uh you can find me a bare body piercing on <clears throat> any kind of facebook instagram and then snapchat bare body piercer so body piercer yeah. I right. will see you soon. Yeah, see you soon. Bye. Cool. Have a good night. All right. You still there? You stick with me? Uh, conference is one of the best experiences I think you can have as a body piercer, but you really have to manage the week. It, it's something where anybody can just show up and anybody can probably have a good time. Anybody can learn anything, but if you really want to maximize your, uh, your, your week, you really do have to plan it out. Plan out your classes. Plan out your free time and plan in some breaks. You know, take care of yourself too. It's difficult to manage uh, that much if you're walking around all day, um, especially if you're a body piercer. Like body piercers might not be the most active people, except for the ones that are like out rock climbing and power lifting and doing all like the the cool kid stuff. Um, a lot of a lot of body piercers spend their time in one little area, maybe sitting down a good amount of the day, uh, and and maybe not getting out as much. So it's a huge difference going from that to walking five miles in a day because you're going all over this hotel and back and forth between classes in your hotel room and in your expo or or whatever. Uh, if you want a, a little bit more information uh, about conference, you can definitely go to the safepiercing.org website. You can see all the different classes that are available. You you can still register. The price has gone up a little bit because it's kind of down to the, the, the deadline. You might still be able to get some hotel rooms in the, the room block, but I don't think you're going to be getting that hotel room discount at this point. But if you are kind of on the fence, definitely get out to conference. Totally worth it. Believe me. Um, if you haven't really paid attention to the classes, really look at the class 
passes, you know, maybe give them a good read through. And if you need to amend your registration, you can also do that online too. You don't just have to do it on site. And uh, again, if you want more information, you can check out Will Von Doom's podcast, Real Talk, a piercing podcast. He's got a great pre-conference prep episode with Kale Belford that's up right now. You can go ahead and check that out. And uh, if you're a body piercer coming to conference, especially one that listens to this show, come up to me and say hi if uh, if you see me walking around. Maybe we can record a little segment. You can say who you are and where you're from and what you're trying to get out of conference. And I would love to kind of see everybody out there. And uh, I'll be the one with the beard and the tattoos. So I will see you in Las Vegas. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.